0: Hello and welcome to a special mid edition of On Par with Anthony Scorsia. Our guest today is none other than Jonathan Haywood, whose resume is as impressive as it gets. His last two courses include Wingfoot, Morris County Golf Club, and now he walks the, dare I say, hallowed grounds of Sleepy Hollow Country Club. Welcome to the program, John. How you doing? thank
1: you anthony doing well thanks
0: you know i always like to start at the uh beginning you know what drew you to uh become a, a golf course superintendent were you uh, a golfer growing up or you know how does how, how did it how did the path of uh, golf course superintendent start for you
1: so i guess it really all started there was a golf course being built near my house uh called the ridge club in cape cod and uh my father just took me for a walk out on the golf course when they were growing it in, we probably shouldn't have been out there. Um, <laughs> but you know, he wanted to go check it out and we went out for a walk and I remember walking on the, the tight turf and I, I couldn't believe it was grass. So that was, that was kind of like my first, you know, introduction to the game. Really nobody in my family played. Um, but I was just the wow factor. It's a young age. I mean, maybe I was 10, I don't know. Um, um and then I actually started caddying at that same club when I was maybe 12, 13. Uh, and I'll, truth be told, I was the worst caddy on the face of the planet. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. Just this big overweight kid, uh, you know, just trying to make a buck. And uh, right. But that was kind of like my first introduction to the game and the culture of clubs. And uh, I just thought it was so cool. Um, and and I, I've spent every summer since then, you on a golf course um, I started working, shagging balls at the small mom and pop par three down the street there, uh, Holly Ridge, really cool spot. And, um, then I kind of, you know, graduated to, you know, clocking in and raking bunkers and helping out there. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll never forget working for a superintendent uh, named Bob Duran. You know, he, he now, uh, uh, works for a, a large, uh, uh sand company in Massachusetts. And, uh, I was telling him we were digging a hole one day for something. I can't remember what it was. And I was all excited. I told him about my first college football recruiting letter. That was um, actually from Penn state. And he, uh, he got all excited and was like, Oh, you got to go to Penn state, you know, major in turf and play football and this and that. And that was kind of when I first realized that this was a career path and something that I could do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he explained that that's what he did. And, you know, he had a degree in what we were doing. And I kind of thought that was really cool. And, uh, You know, long story short, it just kind of you know worked its way out. I ended up uh, attending UMass after uh, one semester stint, uh, you know, attempt to play college football at uh, Central Connecticut State, Uh uh, majoring in something I didn't want to major in, and uh, I immediately transferred after my first semester to UMass and and jumped right into the uh, the plant soil science uh, degree
0: there. Just out of curiosity, if, if another another nothing else, my own curiosity, uh, why, why why do you think you were such a bad caddy?
1: I had no idea about the game. You know, oh, okay, I, gotcha. I, I, I didn't play. Nobody right. in my family played. Gotcha. Uh, you know, it was just you know, it was it was you know, some physical activity. It was outside. You know, yeah. Was, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed being around the other kids and caddies. Uh, I just had zero idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, a man has to know his limitations. And so you knew yours right away. So that's good. Yep. So you graduate from, from UMass. And then what was sort of your, your big first break at that point?
1: So when I went to UMass, uh, I went back and I worked at the uh, you know, the grounds for Holly Ridge for another season. And then uh, I think it was actually my mom, uh, who was a nurse, Um uh, working at a at a nursing home in in Brewster on Cape Cod, mm-hmm. and uh, she was working with a woman whose husband was a superintendent. Uh, his name was Steve Cadnelli. Um, you know, kind of a, a you know, somewhat of a legend in in the industry. Sure. Uh, he had past president of the GCSAA, he, he built two golf courses. He built Matitacon and uh, mm-hmm. worked a country club in New Canaan, and then built this uh, new private course on Cape Cod called Cape Cod National. Um, Really cool spot, Brian Silva design. Uh, oh, cool, you know, uh, private, single owner, uh, owned by owned by a great family, the Pfeffer family. Um, and uh, and uh, so I was like, oh, I mentioned that to the guy I was working for, you know, at the small at the small mom and pop place, and he was like, oh, he's like, you know, th- th- what they spray in a day is more than what we spray in a month, and you know, you kind of was kind of, <laughs> of talking about how you know the difference of level of clubs, and that was kind of like a new eye opener for me sure uh, you know kind of moving to like that next step and it just it felt like a good fit and he kind of pushed me to go interview so I went and interviewed and started with him and uh I spent nine great seasons uh at Cape Cod National with Steve uh, I did two internships and then started as a second assistant after I graduated from UMass and uh I just I, I like being there I like you know being on the Cape and that that end of the Cape was such a special place too and um yeah, I just I kind of I, I grew kind of into somewhat of a you know, young adult, I guess, if you will, uh, sure. work, working for Steve. And he's kind of an old soul and, you know, really kind of instilled the old school work ethic um, and, and old school you know, turf grass knowledge in me. And, uh, and, and I was so thankful for working for a guy like that. Um, and, and then, you know, it, working it was a new golf course, all bank grass, you know, sandy soils, drained well. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was nice, um, but you know a lot of the golf courses in you know the northeast and you know are older older soils push ups screens, poa and uh, you know I spent nine years trying to kill poa and I figured, <laughs> yeah right if, if I'm gonna try to get a superintendent job you know uh, somewhere you know I better learn how to how to grow some poa and uh, I was extremely fortunate again uh, to be serving on the board uh, of the alumni turf group for UMass graduates raising money for turf grass research and uh steven rabidu had was on that board that same board and had just been awarded the the the, the grounds um you know superintendent at wingfoot golf club sure. and we were sitting at a meeting in, in providence rhode island at the new england regional turf grass conference and show which is a great local uh local association uh conference and uh you know because some of the guys were asking steve how it was going and asked if he had his, his staff set up yet. And, uh, he's, you know, kind of said, no, I'm still looking for a couple, couple guys. And, you know, one of the guys kicked me under the table and kind of gave me one of those, you know, <laughs> so sure. yeah, I just started talking with Steve and, uh, you know, that, that, that spiraled into, you know, going to work for him about a month and a half later. And, uh, you know, so no better way to go learn how to grow a POA, um, than uh, you know, at, at Wingfoot and and, you know the one of the toughest places to grow you know grass in general let alone poa right uh, you know over there in Mameranek and some of the growing environments they have right uh, and it just it it blew me away you know his his attention to detail and his passion and and his drive and uh you know how intensely he maintained the turf and how he cared about it and and, uh, I met some great guys you know working there some of my best friends still to this day uh you know we, we met that year and uh and you know we're still best friends and it's, uh, you know, super fortunate just to be able to, you know, spend three solid years there, um, you know, at, at that level, learn how to grow a pole at the highest level. Um, and then, uh, you, know, you know, moving on from there.
0: Sure. And then you get the job at Morris County, which another Rainer, you know, you've worked some pretty, pretty great courses design wise, silver. Um, you know, Tilling has CB McDonald, mm-hmm. uh, Rayner, you, you've, you, you know, you're, you've touched all the, a lot of the bases there early on in your career. Yeah.
1: I, I, I feel extremely fortunate again, you know, to, you know, to at least put myself in a position to, you know, take advantage of, of, you know, these opportunities when they, when they arise, you know, Morris County was such a great place. Uh, really good, really solid membership, uh, good people, awesome leadership, you know, from the, the club from top to bottom. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really great place to be, you know, I, I had both of my daughters when we were living there. Um, and, uh, you know, it was going to take, it was going to take an even special, more special place, you know, for me to, to, you know, to leave a place like that. And, uh, you know, sure. obviously Sleepy checks all those boxes and, um, yeah, it's, it's, this is, this is a, just a t- tremendous place and, and a, an amazing opportunity to be here. Absolutely.
0: Uh, before we move on to Sleepy, I'm just curious if you had to sum up you know, the biggest learning experiences along the way, let's start with the Cape and then, uh, Wingfoot and then Morris County. What were the sort of the, would you say the learning milestones of each of those stops were? I,
1: I used to always kind of joke and say that I, I got my, I got my undergraduate degree, you know, at, at Cape Cod national. And then I got my, I got my master's at, at, uh, at Wingfoot. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then the rest of my career is kind of, you know, working on my doctorate, I guess.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But, you know, working at the Cape is really just trying to master, you know, all the fundamentals and and the basics of, you know, agronomy and, you know, honing your skills in leadership and, you know, and also, you know, the discipline of being, you know, being held accountable and everything that, you know, we were responsible for as assistants um you know i remember thinking i was you know doing a great job and then you know the lead assistant you know would come up and ream me and uh you know basically saying that what we were doing wasn't good enough and if we want to be assistants one day or superintendents that you know it's got to be you know it's got to be done this way and done right and you know those are like the hard lessons and you know i think in this industry you know you really do have to have some thick skin and be open to you know constructive criticism uh, cause you know, we're one of the few industries where our product is on display, you know, 24 seven, there's no hiding.
0: Yeah. Uh, you
1: know, there's nothing you can do to cover anything up. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's just, it's out there and everybody knows exactly how it is. And, um, so that's kind of one of the things that you have to, you know, become accustomed to and, and, and be okay with. Um, and then, you know, moving to, you know, moving to you know the New York area and, and Wingfoot, you know, that was, you know, almost a little bit of culture shock, you know, coming from, you know, the sandy beaches of Cape Cod to, you know, you know to Wingfoot and, you know, the top, you know, the top 100 and, you know, top 10 level, really. Right. You know, golf course conditioning and expectations and, you know, that was just really kind of stepping up your game of knowing, you know, what's expected and then, you know, how to go above and beyond and, you know, push yourself and the guys around you harder you know, to execute, you know, those turf conditions and, um, you know, manage people in an efficient manner and, and uh, you know, just being efficient, you know, as, as possible to, you know, to succeed.
0: Would you say that the, uh, were you there for the, when they did the green, when they rescanned the greens there at Wingfoot and what was that, that process must have been insane.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really cool to see, you know, we, uh, the fir- uh, the end of my first year, Uh, Was kind of the trial run for the newly formed LeBar Golf renovation uh, team. Um, That was think that was their first project was the practice facility at Wingfoot with with Hans and you know we we blew up what we used to call the large putting green the LPG we blew that up and then we started you know we started shaping in bunkers and fairway. And you know, putting in revetted edges and some of the bunkers and uh you know, kind of you know, doing some trial and error stuff and some bunkers and some bunker sand and um and just seeing the way that project kind of came together, everybody got really excited. And so they, you know, agreed to move on and do the east course um uh, renovation, the front ten of the east, uh the following year after my second year. And uh being part of that project was was special. Uh just seeing the attention to detail that you know the club and and, and Steve and the, the way they you know orchestrated you know every single step and every single detail like there was nothing missed you know nothing missed you mm-hmm. know when we did that project I mean, it was it was awesome to be a part of and uh and you know you have that experience to you know be successful in doing projects you know at, at your own course you know moving forward uh, sure you know, seeing seeing the right way to do things and you know obviously there's some hiccups along the way and you learn those mistakes and you, of course you, you take those mental notes and and, and learn from them and And, you know, the same thing, you know, they did, you know, when they went from the East course to the West course, they did things on the West course definitely, you know, when they learned, you know, how how things worked and what was, what was better, what was worse and, you know, how they could just, you know, improve. And that was one of the things I took away from, you know, working at Wingfoot with Steve was, you know, that he was always looking for a way to get better. Right. Uh, And, uh, and it's, it's it was amazing to work for him and and get that, get that experience.
0: So then you sort of hone your skills at, at Morris County and then you get the call for Sleepy Hollow. You get the job. It's, you know, well, when you first go on property there, what, you know, what, what sort of first comes to mind? What's, what's staring right back at you? Is it the history of the course? Is it the, you know, the responsibility, the scale, what, you know, what sort of, um, is looking back at you that makes the most notice
1: i mean there's there's so much to it with with a club like this of, of you know the, the, the property the history you know pretty much as soon as you arrive through the gates and yeah. you know you, you see you know even this like the little gatehouse and the, the wrought iron uh fences and the, and the entryway and yeah. then you, you see the, the massive you know vanderbilt mansion on top of the hill when you pull up the road and uh, and just you know the rock outcroppings and the property, and then you know the the old historic bridge, and you know then you get up and you see the views of the Hudson and just the the contours of the, of the property. You know, it's it's just a special place. There's so many things that go into it um that just make it a, a really really special place.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it and you sense it as soon as you get on property. I mean, it's it's just has that. It's just one of those places that has that that feel to it. There's a texture to it. There's a sense to it. And so, yeah, it really is special. You talked a little bit about growing environments and stuff. Is there anything spe- specific there? Or, you know, I guess each golf course has its own little microclimate. Um, what's What's interesting about the growing conditions there for you?
1: I think the first thing that I noticed was that it's always windy. You know, okay. we're, right, we're sitting up high on the hill and on the Hudson. I, I was just, I was kind of immediately you know taken back by how it was just always windy you know (laughs) for my first year here uh it's very it's very rare you get a you know kind of still a still day so that was one of the first things that i noticed um yeah and then you just you notice like the little uh kind of the microclimates and the different soils of the property and the way things respond and you know how some fairways are you know areas of the golf course are really wet and some are really dry Mm -hmm. you know it's just just learning those those little no nuances that you know make a golf course what they are and you know, just learning how to you know treat every area differently.
0: Sure, sure. I, I apologize. I skipped ahead for a second there. Not only do you get the job at Sleepy Hollow and and you and what all that comes with and that responsibility, but then but then you learn you get the mid am on top of that. It's sort of like a you know, you know, welcome to Sleepy Hollow, and this is what we're all about. And now you got the U.S. mid am to get ready for pretty intense year and a half for you being that it's a new place that you're learning
1: for sure. You know, we, I, I knew when I was applying for the position that the mid end was on the calendar and I knew that wasn't going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, not only that, uh, you know, during the interview process, they had already embarked on a, you know, $2 million, uh, you know, irrigation renovation of the top you know 14 holes in the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that project was already underway uh, before uh, I even stepped foot on property uh so you walk in that's already that's already you know uh you know maybe 25 percent done 30 percent done with the main line being finished and then you know then the company going to come back and you know finish all the laterals and the loops and you know do everything else so you know you throw that in there your first year with a you know with one of the driest years on record uh at least driest summers right we couldn't buy a drop of rain and here we are ripping up the ground and you know closing holes and putting in a new irrigation system and then you know First year, that's, you know, 100% fully functional going into the season. Right. You know, now, now we now we, we can't get the rain to stop. Uh, <laughs> and then you throw the, you know, you, you throw the preparations in there for the mid So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's been an interesting, uh, what is it, 17, uh, 17 months now, I guess. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's what we do. You know, super sure. pants are so, you know, versatile and, uh, and you know, just we, we adjust and we adapt on the fly and we just, we, we figure it out yeah Uh, and uh there's you know there's really kind of there's it's there's no excuses in our position there's only there's only solutions so you know it's really just kind of put the head down grind and and, and figure it out and and make it happen
0: yeah i mean i've been doing this show for 11 years and as far you know i've always said that the uh the superintendents uh, are some of my favorite uh men and women in the game just because of the type of people that you are and i really appreciate the 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 camaraderie that you guys have of helping each other all the you know local courses people in the area it's a, it's an amazing group of people and um by far remains the uh my favorite in the industry you mentioned uh course the 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 the, the uh, course prep now obviously it's a very good golf course to begin with the champ, it's a cha- championship test what type of details are you refining as uh as you get closer to the mid so the, the,
1: the one big thing that we're you know, working on is that you know we're not a long golf course by any means. I think maybe we're sixty seven hundred. I think you know maybe maybe eight from the tips if you got a foot in the rough, right? Um, you know, so we we have a lot of fairway too. We're, you know a lot of wide fairways, uh, a lot of acreage out there. So we're you know we're, we're really trying to you know make the rough as penal as possible. Um, you know we're we're going to be we're mowing it at about three inches right now, and it's it's growing at a rate of about almost an inch per day. Um, wow. Between the rain and how much fertilizer we've, we've, we've put on it this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to have rough, you know, be as, as us open like as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now that's really the only, you know, factor that the USGA has kind of, uh, you know, ad- advised us on, you know, they're, they're not, they're not overly concerned about green speeds or, or, uh, or, or, or firmness or, or playability. You know, they, they've come out and played the course multiple times and visited it and taken data and, um so the the biggest thing is really just try to get the greens as firm as possible. Um, which hopefully we can get the rain to stop any day now, mm-hmm. uh, and then and just get the rough, you know, get the rough nice and thick and penal, and uh, and then and then let the let the boys play.
0: Sure. Is there much? Will there be much difference in manpower for the for the mid am? Or are you using the same amount of uh, you know? Or are you just using what you have on staff? Yeah. So we're 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 relying on some volunteers.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I went on the campaign, the campaign trail earlier this year and and uh, and raised um, raised some dollars for uh, for some hospitality for volunteers and hotels and um, and uh, recruited some guys. So I've got about 43 responses I think on a, a Google form that we set up. Um, we're gonna have about uh, probably 20 guys staying in a hotel nearby. So we're we're gonna have about hopefully 27 to 30 extra bodies uh, per morning and evening shift. Um, which almost doubles the size of my crew, um, sure. Which is you know which, which is a necessity to you know prepare the golf course you know for a USGA championship, um, you know in the allotted time. You know it's it's getting real dark you know real early this time of year. I mean we were we were dark and headlamps and LED lights this morning until about six o'clock. Wow. And, uh, for the practice rounds and first two rounds of stroke play here uh, and Fenway, uh, they're starting at six fifty off one and ten T. So. We got to get in, get out, get, you know, get 30 plus acres of fairway cut and, and, and maybe a little bit of rough and greens rolled and cut and tees and approaches and blown and rough fluffed and all those good things. Sure. Uh, you know, without without, you know, making a noise around the the, the lead couple groups there
0: will you be involved in the um course setup on a daily basis as you, uh, like what's your level of involvement in terms of once the the tournament begins you know obviously they're going you're going to be in communication with the USGA of course um how involved or not involved will you be
1: so the, the USGA you know they uh you know we, we work together but the USGA they uh you know they're, they're going to be coming on site i think uh next weekend and they're going to be looking at the, the greens and and taking some more data and uh, ultimately choosing you know I, I think seven or eight you know days worth of whole locations that they need for the for the tournament week uh, you know based on you know speeds and firmness and um and, uh, you know they they they're the ones that will, will ultimately choose the whole location and then um, you know because they need to make sure that it's going to be it's going to be fair so you know right. we have complete faith in them to make you know to make the right decisions you know they've they've obviously been doing this for a very long time Right they've, got, right they've got so much experience they've got a great crew the guys that are going to be coming in here uh are all so experienced and smart and and easy to talk and work with um so we we do have communication and we have daily meetings that will start you know probably uh you know next week uh and sure. you know in about you know 10 days or so from now so we'll, we'll meet daily and discuss you know what we need to do if they need anything you know not rolled or some rough cut or you know you know any any anything from there but you know everything they've seen so far. You know, leading up to the championship, they've been very pleased with, and uh, you know we'll start we'll start making some tweaks based on their recommendations. You know, once they get on property.
0: When I was there, um, we, you and I spoke briefly. Briefly, and you mentioned something about uh, green density, and and that's a, a term that I um, you know I've talked to enough golf course superintendents to maybe to be a little dangerous. But um, green density, tell me a little bit about that, and what was so important about that
1: yeah so you know in order to have a, a you know a nice true putting surface you know the turf you know obviously needs to be healthy um in in this year with how much rain you know we've had and the green surfaces being wet you know trying to trying to keep that turf as, as dense as possible and again I've, I've only been here for you know 18 months 17 months whatever it is and um you know, so in every golf course, superintendent has their way of, of, of managing turf and greens and tees and rough and whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so these, you know, these greens have really been only under my program for this, this short amount of time. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to get the health of the, of the turf, you know, where, where we want it to be, you know, to produce those championship conditions and, and, uh, and get that turf density, you know, where it needs to be, because you want it to be nice and thick and, you know, no, no thin spots and, Mm-hmm. again just with how wet and, and nasty it's been this year there's you know there's been a few little thin algae spots you know here and there especially in some areas that were that have some some ridges or mounds that get you know when sure. uh, the bed knife them the mower goes over it gets a little almost a little scalpy because we do have a lot of undulations here sure yeah uh, you know, being a being a mcdonald's uh you know golf course and uh and all the cool things that gilded uh, yeah so there's a lot of little little, little areas that you gotta you know, kind of pay attention to and you know skip rolling for a day and you know, skip an aeration on it and try to make sure that that turf stays healthy so the density is, you know, uniform across the green.
0: For some of our, you know, friends of the program that are golf course and two superintendents, can you tell me a little bit about how your program has changed and what your program, you know, without getting too crazy, but, you know, what your program is, um, you know, consists of? Yeah, so, you know, the, the first and
1: foremost, you know, your, your, your pride and joy is your greens, you know, so you, you, you get your soil test back and you kind of just monitor, you know how the growth you know is and how it responds to certain applications and you know how much how much you know clipping yield you're getting off the off the putting surface you know because one one of my favorite lines is is uh you know we're we're, we're managing a playing surface you know we're not we're not trying to grow a crop right you know so we we don't we don't want to see a lot of grass clippings you know 99% of the time mm-hmm. you know if we're trying to recover from some damage like you know we had some winter damage here my first year last year um, that was the first time in my career where I was really trying to grow grass you know we were trying to get we were trying to get grass back to grow back in the in the voids where we had some some turf loss from the from the from the, the winter damage um but throughout the growing season you you don't you don't want the grass to be growing you know at a rapid rate now that just that slows the ball down it you know promote makes the plant more vulnerable it's working harder to grow mm-hmm. you know you can if you can get it to you know, to slow down with some you know growth regulators and keep your your nutrients balanced, um, you know, it promotes a better playing surface and a healthier turf. Sure. You know? So you know your program, you, you I've I, I've basically you know taken the program that I learned, you know, working working at Wingfoot and and brought it to Morris County, and then it evolved from there. And you find what works at that property, you know, might not work at the other property, and then that that kind of changes, and you know, it's almost like a. It's kind of a dumb analogy but it's almost like a sourdough bread starter you know it's like you, you yeah. start it you start it and you bake with it and then it kind of it, it changes over time obviously from you know being uh being used and in, in uh and morphing and whatnot and, right you know, it's, it's you know kind of same thing and then you come to sleepy and you got you know you got some usga greens uh with the saw that i'm used to i did that at the foot i did it at morris county and then you got push-up greens that are behave different so you know you got a you got to, you know, treat, treat, treat everything a little bit differently. You know, you get 30, you know, 30 greens on property. It's like having 30 kids. You got to treat them all differently and they all need different attention.
0: Before we finish, just real quick, you know, your favorite parts of the property. I, you know, I've spoken to you. I love the routing of the golf course. I do, I do love the intimate corners uh, of the golf course. Uh, They just seem to, uh, you know, just appeal to me. I also love going up number two and, or getting to the second or third, third tee box and then seeing uh you know seeing the thumbprint seeing the the punch bowl that's like a like an early reveal um that's my favorite one of my favorite things knowing that that's coming down the pike and then um and then like i said then venturing into the more intimate corners of the golf course uh do you have particularly favorite spots on, the, on that property
1: yeah i've got i've got, I've got several um I, I agree you know i like usually the way it works out you know we start early in the summertime. The sun comes up a lot earlier, obviously, you know, when we're down in that area, kind of looking, looking up to, when that, when that sun comes up over the rocks, you know, and the shadows hit, you know, on three, like I, I love three, the par three hole over the, over the road with the bridge. Yeah. Uh, when that sun comes up and, and you just see the shadows from the architecture, it's just, it's so cool to see. Um, it just, it, it frames everything so nicely. Um, yeah, And then obviously you have the bridge and the native grasses, you know, kind of blowing in the wind and. Yeah, being up there on two green is a great spot, you know, because you see three, which which I think might be my favorite hole on the property. Yeah, uh, and you know you can see the river, you can look over and see the side view of uh, of sixteen, and um, and you, you can see down the lower course, uh, and some of those original McDonald holes down there. So that, that's a great spot. Yeah, um, it is. And then even when you get up on fourteen, you're looking out, just that, that kind of opens up the whole other side of the property. And then, you know, when when you're on four green and you get, you know, past the drink house and you know get your drink from Joanne and move, move over. And then you look out and you look into the woods and you just know, so how, how vast and open that is. Um, that's another, that's another great view. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other one is a really good one is when you're up on six you know, and looking back, you know, kind of down seven, you can see yeah. down seven the reverse for Dan, and then look out and see 13 going off into the woods and um, another, another great one
0: there are so many memorable shots too like when you're playing the when you're playing that golf course you know you, know, you I've played a lot of golf you've played a lot of golf you've seen a lot of golf courses I, I you know i don't know maybe it's just me but there are so many memorable shots you know around that golf course like mm-hmm. you know it's it, you know you obviously the first tee cuz you're coming down from the from the uh you know from the mansion you know 3 which is you know that par 3 um redan uh you know there's just so many you know and then coming on the back i mean spines and um the punch bowl you know just mm-hmm. the thumbprint i mean you can go i can go around that golf course and and I, I you know you remember every shot the shot value is just amazing to me
1: yeah and, and thing thing that's special about this place you know even though it's, it's not a long golf course it's, it's a shot makers golf course and they're both special you know from a skills uh skill standpoint and also you know uh a a visual standpoint. They're just it's it's a really, really cool place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I do love um I always take a a minute uh, when I'm there to uh just stay on five green for a minute, just that infinity green there Mm -hmm. and look down a little bit and just always um just uh it's just a moment of appreciation and feeling fortunate to be there and grateful to be there. And um that's another spot that I like to to just pause for a second there that's a nice view too
1: yeah no absolutely it's 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 a nice uh it's a nice vista. you know you, you, whether you're having a good day or a bad day you can just kind of take a deep breath you know look up and taking the taking the river for a minute and say okay right okay, just hit the reset button and say it's gonna be okay and <laughs> <Exactly>. move on <laughs> exactly
0: exactly one just one strategic cost, uh, question just because mm-hmm. um I was just kind of curious on um, seventeen. Do you think people will play or or think to play down the lower court that um, the par not uh, you know the the nine hole the there's the fairway on the right there. So basically, right of the tree. Do you think mm-hmm. some people will will take it down that side to and get a different angle?
1: I mean, possibly. Um, right.
0: I, I don't really know if there's if there's a huge benefit to that. Okay. Um, you know, maybe maybe if
1: the pin's tucked all the way left, and you, and you want to have that angle, but okay. I mean, you got to really smash it over there because you got those you got those kind of those hidden pot bunkers in there in between, um, right? And uh, and also the, the fairway kind of runs from left to right, so unless you're you know unless you're you're hung up on the rough on the left side there, uh, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's, it's it's such a wide fairway down the bottom of that hill, yeah. That, uh, that you know you really don't need to smash one and try to try to crush it because everything runs down downhill and to the right, so. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's going to be a huge advantage to that
0: or not. Okay, I only asked that because when I played, I blew it way right. <laughs> and I was in that <laughs> fairway, <laughs> and and I had a good angle to the green. I mean, it was fine. But um, I was just kind of curious. I obviously did that on accident. I was wondering if anybody would do that on if there would be any benefit to doing it on purpose. But um, um, but uh, you know, John, thank you so much for being with me. This this I know it's an intense time for you. I know it's um it's been an intense time for you. It for, like you said, the last, you know, 16, 17 months. I mean, I, I can't imagine what you've been going through, but I also haven't talked to you and met you know that you've been obviously the perfect person to handle it, to do it. You're a, a true professional and, um, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks. That was Jonathan Haywood from Sleepy Hollow. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you at the Mid-Am.